Welcome back to Riding the Big Wheel, your go-to resource to hear the stories and gain insight from leaders across the globe who are out there paving new roads with the aim of giving you inspiration to take action on your own personal and professional journey of life. I'm your host, Michelle Seeger, and today I'm sharing with you another short take episode. Our short takes are typically cuts from longer conversations where we target one or two great insights and ideas that we think you should know about. On today's episode, we'll hear from Don Ziegler, a 20-year veteran of EY, one of the global leading consulting firms of our time. As a director of business development and go-to-market activation leader, Dawn was leading the way by working virtually from her home long before it became a trend and somewhat controversial topic for some companies as we all continue to grapple with the right blend of in-office and work-from-home environments that support both the company and the employee's needs. In our conversation, we'll talk about her own success factors for working from home, if there are certain personality types that may be better in office versus working remotely, and advice that she can share on how to continue to build relationships and stay relevant and in touch with your in-office counterparts. That can include company leaders, your team, and colleagues. I hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I did, and please, if you have not, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see our full episodes with video to see our guests in action, and follow our channel wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Riding the Big Wheel. I am Michelle Seeger, and today with us is Don Ziegler, Director of Business Development Operations at EY. I am very excited about this interview today. I had the pleasure of meeting Don several months ago, um, and I was really impressed with her on many levels. So I was very pleased, Don. Thank you that you agreed to come on our podcast and share some of your uh, some of your knowledge with us here today. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about EY. Uh, You are one of the leading, you work with one of the leading consulting organizations in the world, one of the top four, and you have spent your entire career there, which is really a bit of an anomaly for a lot of people that we talk with. And that's one of the first things I just wanted you to give us a little bit of background around your role there and just kind of how you started and, and what led you to where you are today. Sure, no problem. Um, so I've owned the firm for 25 years, the end of this month, and um, it seems a little crazy, but I even interned with the firm. So I started out in our audit practice. Um, I, I went to school for accounting. It was one of the big six at the time, and there was just something about EY that that attracted me. You know, the people were wonderful. Everything about it was just an easy experience. And actually, I went to school in the Cleveland area. And I grew up in a really small town um, on a farm. So even Cleveland was a pretty big city for me, but I always had dreams of going to Chicago. So they gave me an opportunity to start with the firm in Chicago after my internship here. So the opportunities immediately just showed what a firm like that could do for me. And um, I realized that audit probably wasn't my passion. Hmm. And um, I learned a ton, but I was able to get involved in our audit technology and how that was being built. 
And I came back to Cleveland and I, I was just able to move around in the firm so much. I've held four or five different types of roles in different groups and I just continue to learn about the firm. So it's just, I stay challenged every couple of years with something new and something bigger. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning from new leaders all the time and, you know, it's just still going. I can't believe 25 years is here already. Gosh, I know that is, a, it seems like a long time. Huh. It goes by pretty fast though. So what would you say are like some of the key factors or are considerations? So it seems like you had opportunities to kind of move around. Obvious, I believe that, that we create our own opportunities, but you've had opportunities to move around the firm um, and you, you appear to be and you sound, and when I met you, you seem as excited to work at EY than I bet you were 25 years ago. So you seem to really love it. And what would you say are some of the factors there? And some could be company factors and some your own. Yeah, honestly, I think most of it is just learning. So the firm is huge. And that in itself allows you to find different new areas to learn about the firm. So because I, you know, because part of my internship, I dealt with people who were in technology. So when I realized I didn't necessarily want to audit anymore, I connected back with those folks who um, were developing audit technology, right? So I was able to move into a different type of role that leveraged my knowledge of audit for a long time. And then I meet people in finance, you meet people in IT, you meet people in all these different departments. And it's just a matter of taking the time to learn what they do as well. And, you know, figure out just getting new insights from different groups to say, oh, that might be something I'd be interested in one day and keeping those connections with those people. Um, it's just allowed me to, con when something comes up, it, sometimes it just falls in my plate because everything I've done has had some relation to that current role. Hmm. You know, I moved from audit technology into um, markets technology. So basically kind of our more of our business development types of tools that we started to develop. And so I moved just because then I had kind of that technology product management background. It was after I was in kind of audit world for about 12 years. It was actually a little scary. And I'm actually going to finally get rid of this audit background and subject matter expertise that I have. It was a comfort thing, right? But it opened me up to this whole new world of the firm that I didn't even know existed. Right? I had no idea how the business existed. I had no idea how people actually pursued work and pursued new engagement. And the idea that we need to continuously build a pipeline and how we sell and how relationships matter and trust matters, all these things that like just became new to me. Um, it was exciting. Right. Wow. So just taking that leap that and it allowed some some of the expertise I had just kind of followed through into this new role. And then it's taken me to the role that I have today. So um, if you if you learn, if you take the time to learn and network in a big firm like this, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities still. You know, I look at things like I deal with people in talent now so much in our HR organization, like. That could be interesting next step. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know that that's what I want to do. I'm never really, I think that's the thing too. I've never, um, I get in a role and I really dive in. Mm -hmm. I try to learn everything I can about it. I don't, I'm not immediately thinking, okay, what's next? Um, and I'd say if you're really in it for the long haul, you have to, to really be really good at your job. You 
you know, you have to dive in, learn it through and through, do your best, you know, network with people. But I never really said, oh, what am I going to do in two years? Um, and I've been pretty lucky, I think, that some things always come up. Um, and it's just been it's been 25 years of something coming up. And I'm looking forward to the next whatever, how many will be. <laughs> I got to tell you, one thing that seems to be a common theme of most of the women that are on our podcast is that they always talk about luck. And I just got to tell you, I, th- th- everybody has a little bit of luck, but I do believe that you make your fortune. I do. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to you on that because I do, I, I highly respect that, what you're doing for EY. Um, and I would love for you to talk to people a little bit more about your role. Sales operations, um, business development operations, whatever it's called. One thing that's, that's pretty common. So we're in sales effectiveness here at Sales Globe. The sales operations is probably one of the most nebulous roles out there. Every company defines it differently. Some have, um, you know, I, I've got people that are asked to do jobs similar to yours, well, similar to yours, and they find that they're hamstrung and they can't get things done and they're not sure to how to even sell their role, if you will, and what it is they're doing. Just talk to us a little bit about um, what it is that you do. And how even how the reporting structure kind of works at EY, because I know that people are always kind of wondering, you know, like how how should our sales ops or our business development ops really look like? And then what is the scope of your responsibility? Sure. So we are somewhat I don't really want to say we're, we're decentralized at EY. We're not because we we're very global. I work closely with people on our global business development team. We try to be consistent across the globe, right? That's all very important to us. But at the same time, the way we go to market is through our regions and our market segments and then our accounts. Um, so I sit at an area level across the Americas. And I, my boss is our Americas business development leader. But he has leaders in each of the regions, right, who really are close, more closely connected to the markets, those accounts, and they have boards in each region, right? So um, so my role is slightly different than some sales operations roles because I don't necessarily work with the level of detail that our region operations leaders do around everything they need to do to make sure they're going to market and managing pipeline, managing that kind of work, right? So what I really enjoy about my role is that I get to be a problem solver. We get to be the architect of what do we need to do differently, right? So we always view it as from a global and area perspective, we kind of build the architecture around processes and if something new is coming. I'm, we're the architect and, and push things down and collaborate with our regions, right? To say, what, what do you need? And then how do we fix that? And then how do we push it back out? So I get to work really closely with people. I get to have influence, but they don't have to listen to me. We share, right? We really work closely together. And so that's what I love about it. I never feel like it's this corporate mentality of just push and do. And that's part of my role too, is to make sure that we're balancing feedback from things that come from our global team, that their voices are heard, and that I can kind of push down where we're going and, and what things look like coming forward. So, so my role, I work really closely with uh, someone else who's really focused on the talent of our BD organization. So when it comes to just the people and the roles and um, 
what we need there and training and upskilling, all that, we have someone who's heavily dedicated to that. Whereas I'm much more dedicated to process, tool implementation, data, because I my background in audit, right? I'm uh-huh. I don't mind diving into the detail. I was never in sales, right? So a lot of our leaders are have been in sales before. So they're up here, relationship, you know, have a lot of, <laughs> you know, they're better people when it comes to getting training and talking to people where I don't mind diving in and analyzing some data here and there, you know. So we have a really good teaming mentality here. And I just, I work on special initiatives that relate to that group of, you know, types of work. Um, and, and she focuses on the other bigger scale talent, talent things that we have going on. Oh, that looks like a pretty good partnership. Data is so important, getting the fact to back up the decisions that you're going to make. Um, I want to shift to a hot topic, which is working from home. And, you know, it's something that you've been doing it for how long now, Dawn? Um, about 11 years or so. Okay, 11 years. So I want to talk about a few things. As, as we look at our current environment and we look at companies really considering working at home options um, more so than they have in the past, I would love for you to share with people some things about working from home. Uh, I think this is great because it's like advice that you can give to managers. It's advice that, you know, because we got a lot of leaders that are listening to our podcast uh, today and even to the people themselves that maybe were in a work office environment and maybe working a little bit more from home. Uh, The first thing I would ask, which would be kind of like the elephant in the room is, are there certain personalities and people and types that just aren't cut out to work from home? And, you know, like, what is your perspective on that? Because I know that that's a big fear factor is like, will people be productive? And do they even have the have what it takes to work outside of an office environment? Yeah. And, and I think that's a good question. It, it, it definitely takes discipline. Right. And. I think, you know, my reason for it, I had a reason for it. So it's not like just, oh, let's try this. You know, if you have a problem and that that can solve a problem, then that's a good reason to to try it at least. And my problem was I wanted to keep a full-time career. I loved what I was doing. I have three kids at home. So just managing the house and everything else and they were busy, right? So it was flexibility. And I didn't want, I didn't want to go the route of, having someone else take care of my kids at, you know, after school, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff in the evening and all that, you know, you, you find out when you first start networking and asking people about how they manage, you know, their, their um, work-life balance. And you learn there's a lot of women uh, or really anyone out there, they have au pairs or, you know, just sit at full time sitters, that kind of thing. I didn't want to do that. Not because it's, you know, everybody's, you know, to each his own, but I just didn't want that. So anyway, I, I had a need and I had a role that was allowing me to do it. And what I mean by that is I was no longer working with anyone in the office in my local Cleveland office. Uh-huh. My role changed such that I didn't really need to be there. Right. So I think it's a fine balance of if you have a team. Now, if I had a team there, that would be much different because I would be afraid that coming home might solve some problems for me, but it might create other problems. Um, but at the same time, we didn't have this 
video capability, right? Where today, yeah. now we are really learning to work virtually different. So I think it's fantastic. But at the same time, there's nothing better than sitting in a room with your team and really engaging with them. I miss that more than anything. When I get to travel and meet with people that I work with and just engage with them personally, um, it, it just brings you to life again, right? You kind of, you run out of gas, right? Not having that connection. And then it, it you kind of fill it back up again when you get together for a couple of days, like, all right, I can go another month maybe. But um, if you, I would recommend if you don't have to, especially if you have a new team or a big team or you're a manager and you just need to be there. If it's not solving a problem for you to work from home, gosh, I'd love to continue to go into the office every day if that were the case, you know? Wow. Uh, that's actually, that's a refreshing, good perspective to hear. Truthfully, I am two miles from my home, right? So we are headquarters here at Sales Globe. And I like to come in the office too. I think that it does uh, bring up a lot of opportunity for people to really problem solve together, which sometimes it's so much better than when you're just alone. Um, and we, we have, you know, I love bringing groups of people together and learning from each other. You always see you can come up with a, a better result. Yep. So then what I'm hearing from you, so in, in the particular environment we're in, we're not really being given a lot of, of latitude right now. And so there is a lot, a bit more of working from home. But what I'm hearing is that it's important to connect in at some point. But what I'm hearing from you is that even, even through the video conferencing, which I think definitely must have made some level of difference for you versus before when that wasn't available, yeah. um, having some level of personal connection is still probably a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, we all need it, right? And, and I'm an introvert. So to an extent, I don't mind spending my day alone and just talking to my dog here and there. Right. But but at the same time, you know, when it's people that you you really enjoy and I enjoy working with, I enjoy my team. I enjoy everybody that I work with. So when you get to meet them in person as well, and especially if you're meeting someone you have, you talk to on the phone all the time. I mean, you know, that that first time you meet them in person is just, you know, changes the whole dynamic of your relationship. So I I really love it. And all I would say is that, you know, for someone like me to go back to, do you have to have a certain type of personality? Mm -hmm. You do need discipline, right? You don't want to be distracted, but you know, most people hopefully are passionate about what they're doing. If they're going to work from home, they're going to figure out how to make sure they get their job done. All at the same time, maybe taking advantage of throwing in a load of laundry and (laughs) making sure that they know what they're going to make for dinner or whatever, you know, I tried. I tried. I'm not organized. I'm not an organized person at all. I know you're laughing at that, right? But I found I tried, you know, this whole flexible work arrangement thing and trying to balance work life balance. I tried all the things you see on Pinterest and schedules and like thinking about, you know, okay, what should my cleaning schedule be and meal planning and all that stuff. And I finally realized this is not me. Like there are some people who are planners and are organized. And it's not that I'm not organized, but I was under too much stress then trying to keep to a schedule. And I realized I don't, that's not me. Like I actually am more stressed having a schedule than I am without one. So I'm just the type that I have to kind of go with the flow. I work in about a 48 hour period. I plan ahead that far and that's about all I can do. And it works. So there are some people that have to like, have to like give themselves a schedule, but I'd say, don't force yourself into that schedule. If you don't, if that's not your nature, 
don't force yourself into thinking you have to be like other people and planning out this, you know, fancy schedule. So that's all I'd say as well. Just, just let it go. Figure out what makes you stress less. I'm laughing because it's just like me. So there are three women in this office that try to keep me to a schedule. Very <laughs> challenging. And about 48 hours is all you're going to get from me as well. Yep. So I'm going to ask you a couple more things about working from home. Yep. And the one would be, what would be some advice that you would give people on things that really work? Like, you know, you've been doing this 11 years now. You're like a veteran. Some, some tips that you would give for people that uh, will be working from home um, or their teens maybe, and they just haven't before. Yeah. So the, I think the biggest thing is having an environment that you're working in that you truly enjoy being in. We had a, I had an office really for most of the time that was more functional. It was one of those really nice office that you look at, right? The desk and everything that you look at. But once you have to functionally start using it every day, it's like, this is terrible. So you need to be comfortable. So finally, I just redid my office. If you're going to live in it for, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, make it something comfortable and um, that, that you can feel good being there. Yep. So that's probably, that was a big change for me in the last few years. And then that was huge. And then frankly, let the stuff go that's not in your office, right? Like you don't have to keep your kitchen clean and do your dishes after you just go ahead and throw them in there. And not worry about the home, like you're there and you can, but just let yourself get ingrained into your job and just be there, be present and, and do it. Don't feel like because you're there, you have to do everything else. Thanks for that. Now, we, I, I was going to follow up, ask you about pitfalls. And I think the, the one you mentioned was the personal interaction. Is there anything else you would tell people to really look out for? Um, as they're, they're making that transition. It's, I honestly think it's just then how do you transition, right? How do you then truly separate your work from home? You could easily end up working too much. That, and that's what everybody says. Uh-huh. And it's really true. But uh-huh. honestly, to an extent, it's a good thing. It's like, you know what? I need, a, I need a mental break. I can come back to this later tonight because it's not a big deal. So to an extent, a pitfall, I, I do hear of a lot of people say it's really hard for them to leave their computer then. And again, I think that kind of depends on where it is, right? Where's your work environment? Is it in the middle of your regular family environment? Well, that's not good, right? So if you separate yourself, you can get away from truly working too much could be an easy thing to do. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you have any great ideas for working from home and have ideas and thoughts on the hybrid workplace and in-office versus virtual work, I want to hear from you. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, send me an email message, and of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Riding the Big Wheel. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening. I'm Michelle Seeger, and as always, may this podcast inspire you in your own personal and professional journey of life.